You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Thanks for checking out this recording on Lone Star Community Radio. This is Dick, the general manager of Lone Star Community Radio, and I wanted to give you a quick reminder of what's going on with us for the month of September. A new show has been added to our lineup. The Good News with Ted Cox is going to be on Tuesdays from 1 to 3 p.m. during our talk block. And also joining the talk block is going to be Mornings with Lone Star. Every weekday from 10 to 11 a.m., Mornings with Lone Star will extend their normal programming from music into talk. That's right. Starting from now on, from 8 to 11 a.m., Mornings with Lone Star. First two hours, music, talk, fun. And then from 10 to 11, more mini gritty talk radio for you. Also extending their time slot is going to be our favorite Saturday morning show, Grit and Grace. They're going to be extending their hours from 8 to 10 a.m. every Saturday morning for you. Also, the last reminder is we still have plenty of talk slots available for those who want to be a talk show host and also volunteer DJs for music. If you're interested in those kind of things, please let the studio know at lscrstudios at gmail.com or call the station at the message line at 936-647-3776. Thanks again for checking out Lone Star Community Radio, and I hope you enjoyed the show. wonderful Monday afternoon in September. It is September 25th, 2017. I'm Margie Taylor, your host for Taylor Ice PR, Conroe Culture News. And we are broadcasting out of downtown Conroe at Lone Star Community Radio, FM 104.5, 106.1 IRLoneStar.com. And there will be a podcast of this show available hopefully tomorrow that we will have on our YouTube channel, Conroe Culture News. And of course, you can find it on Taylorized PR, Conroe Culture News, and various other places. So today, I have a great lineup. As always, I have Maria Jordan and Denise Cipolla from Conroe ISD, their Counseling and Guidance Office. And uh, Kristen Bays will be up next after them. She's attorney for Bays and Bays, and she's running for judge of the 284 fourth court. And then finishing up will be our local state representative, Will Metcalf. So stay tuned. And of course, you know, you can put this right now. You can download the app, IR Lone Star, and listen and watch the video live. So what's happening in downtown Conroe? Well, tonight you can get rid of the Monday madness by going to the Red Brick Tavern and listening to Fred McIntosh with Charles Peters IV. And they get on stage at 7.30. There's also open mic at the Corner Pub with our local Caleb and the Homegrown Tomatoes. And if you are performing at the open mic, you need to sign up by 8.30. So free entertainment. So watch those Monday blues away. Wednesday, the Assistance League, and if you haven't shopped at the Assistance League, you're missing out. They have lots of things on sale. I think they have all their ladies' clothes 50% off. But they have uh, recently donated a lot of clothing to their uh, Operation School Bell, which got a lot of clothing for kids as they are getting ready for school. I think they did over 2,000 kids this year. Of course, if you really want the exact number, you can go to my 
column I wrote in the Courier this week that kind of talks about that. But they are looking for volunteers. Uh, so they're having a meeting 10 a.m. on Wednesday at the Assistance League. The really interesting thing about the Assistance League is they are run solely by volunteers, and they have over 200 volunteers that do their gift shop, and they have like five different philanthropic programs. And uh, another one that they do is they provide, um, I believe they provide some fans and things for the Crisis Assistance Center, and they help with a multitude of programs, including uh, Harvey victims. They have given away a lot of uh, house goods and clothing for that as well. And we know that that uh, is still on our mind. And that's going to be one of the topics that we are talking about with Marie and Denise here in just a few minutes. So Wednesday night, you can also listen to Dan Smith at the Corner Pub. And that's also an open mic. Thursday, Buck Yeager with Philip Griffin at the Red Brick Tavern. Friday night, options. Okay, you can hear uh, Doug Westcott at the Corner Pub, Gypsy Rose at the Red Brick Tavern, Sherry Lavo will be singing the blues at the newest venue, Pacific Yard House. And if you haven't been to the Pacific Yard House, they are open starting at 11 a.m. till 10 p.m. during the week and till after midnight, 1 a.m., uh, Friday and Saturday nights. They had some live entertainment there Saturday night, and I went and listened to that. It was the Dueling Pianos. It was fabulous i heard a lot of good so, things about it I heard, it was it was a lot of fun I, and I, i'm not a night owl but i stayed there till midnight <laughs> facebook was a buzz about it Ha, huh, okay well there you go so go check it out and anytime the train goes by and this is probably only good for friday and saturday nights i'm just saying you don't want to do this at lunchtime but they have one dollar jello shots they're choo-choo shots <laughs> so sometimes that train comes by really loud <laughs> so they're making the best of it so again that's pacific yard house Saturday night, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on in downtown Conroe. And if you don't get that feeling, there's a lot of stuff always going on in downtown Conroe. Sean Michael will be at the Red Brick Tavern. Soul Lily will be doing Southern Rock at the Corner Pub. And there's going to be a block party free from 6 to 7.30. Caleb and the Homegrown Tomatoes. There will be food trucks, beer, fun, all free. And that is the highlight before the Ricky Skaggs concert that is not free, by the way, and I think it's actually sold out, but that's going to be at the Crichton Theater, and that's, uh, that is presented by the Sounds of Texas. So go check that out. That's Saturday night. Uh, Sunday, of course, you can have Gospel Sunday Brunch at the Red Brick Tavern. If you've never done that, you can just ask the chef for something that's off the menu of what he's serving because they always have fabulous food starting at 1030 with live entertainment. And also, the city of Conroe has all kinds of classes going on. They have a family camp out that's going to be September 29th through October 1st. And that sounds like a lot of fun. They teach you what you need to do if you've never been camping. They provide the gear and the activities. You provide the family. <laughs> what a concept. So that's $30 per family. And then they're right now doing American Red Cross lifeguard training. Yes, because the pool is open year-round. You know, they have the lap pool and other things. So you can go find out about that. And they always have ongoing swim classes, NFL flag football, and an, a, a leadership program for 7th and 8th graders. So you can find out by going to cityofconroe.org. It's the easiest way to find that out. And today's show is sponsored by Kingwood Medical Center, and they are part of the HCA hospitals, and they have a comprehensive stroke center. So if you are feeling the symptoms of any kind of stroke, it's very important 
that you call 911. Don't hesitate because time is very critical when you have a stroke. Well, we're going to roll into our first guest here. Again, it is uh, Maria Jordan, who I've known for a long time. I'm going to say since probably 2005-ish or so. And Denise Cipolla, a new friend, but apparently she's been with CISD for... 21 years. 21 years. Well, welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for having us, Margie. So, uh, Maria, you are the founder of Texas Familia Council. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody what that is exactly. In 2011, uh, I and several other uh, colleagues in the county decided we wanted to develop a group of professionals and leaders that would help speak to the diverse populations that are growing in Montgomery County. Um, so what we do is, and we're an all volunteer organization. So I'm really at the mercy of, uh, great colleagues like Denise and other people, um, that can step in. What we do is we study and track the, the growth of emerging populations and really become a connector between communities and resources. That's really our focus is to, uh, to help develop healthier communities across the county. Okay. And some are, what are some of the communities that you work with? Well, for years, we uh, focused on the Deerwood community, which is kind of on the, on the edge of Conroe and East Montgomery County. And so that was a very intensive ongoing project and uh, program that we uh, helped connect uh, leaders and resources to the residents in that community. Uh, the last few couple years, I've been focusing out in East County because that's obviously a very fast growing uh, it community. It is, yes. Um, so all of that 59 corridor. So there are so many pockets of communities that are moving in. A lot of them are uh, moving out of the Houston area. So a lot of fa- new families to the community and they're really needing uh, support and guidance and figuring out how to connect their families to resources. Um, so that's that's been my focus for the last couple of years. Well, and the interesting thing is uh, they're emerging communities, but you're also letting them kind of self-identify leadership, right? Yes, You're not yes. coming in there and changing their world. No, that's uh, that's been a big, big staple of anything that I've been involved in. And it kind of goes counter to what our instincts sometimes tell us, because we want, just like this disaster showed us, we want to just jump in and help. And during a disaster, that's understandable, but that's not real life. And in real life, people need to feel empowered and they need to feel like they can use their gifts to right. bear, better not only their families, but their community. So all of our efforts over the years have been uh, focused on that piece of not coming in telling people what to do, but sharing our knowledge and our expertise and guiding them uh, so that they can then decide what how they want to develop their community. So you identify and then help them with uh, the skills to help their help it grow yes. and strengthen those skill sets. Yes, and we try to share that knowledge with colleagues and organizations in the in the county. So now tell me about the program that you're doing here with Denise. So um, uh, we've, Denise and I have uh, connected over the last few years. Uh, Sherry Sunderman before her Mm -hmm. was in her position. And so we worked very closely with the CISD and working with the students and uh, different educational pieces uh, that our families are needing. Uh, she's part of the my committee on emerging communities, and so we've developed the Texas Hope Consortium last year to help build collaborations among organizations. So she's a key member of that, and and I seek her counsel quite often myself because um, she's definitely has a pulse on, on the the families of and the what's area. What's going on? Yeah. So many families were affected by Harvey in Conroe ISD, right, Denise? Yes, there are about uh, 275 to date that are homeless or affected by the storm. 
And um, so the counselors are working hand in hand to help them find resources um, to provide their support, not only during the storm and, and that week or so that we are, were affected, but that continuing support to deal with their stress and the traumatic stress that might be going on in the household. And that's really important because, I mean, people are out there bringing resources that are consumable, let's say, but there's a lot of uh, things going on and how productive is that family, child, whatever student going to be in school when all this commotion is going on. Exactly. And based on the family experiences and traumatic stress that might be from other incidents, it really is exacerbated or, or intensified when they go through a natural disaster like this. So, are many of the families attending school right now, even yes. though that their families in disarray, their housing could be complicated? In Conroe ISD, yes. And um, so one of our efforts, now that we know that a lot of those basic needs have been met and we've got that rapport with our students to know what else they need, um, we're reaching out to some of our neighboring districts to um, help provide support in other areas in the East County that Maria was talking about. Yes, okay. that's been uh, because uh, so many of us work with organizations that do cover, you know, the whole county, not just one area. We're identifying needs in other other communities uh, that may not have as wide of a resource pool as CISD. Oh, right. So um, nice. So it is important for us to share that information. Um, and so you're I think working with like New Caney ISD we're, as Yes, well? we're trying to okay. uh, share information with New Caney ISD, Splendora ISD. Right. Um, and so uh, Denise has really been reaching out from that level. We um, had a tremendous amount of uh, community support. And so we were able to send some of those school supplies and various things over to Splendora. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and find out more about how people can connect and what resources you have. I'm Margie Taylor, Conroe Culture News, and uh, at Alone Star Community Radio, we'll be right back. When it comes to stroke, time is critical. The quicker you get to a hospital, the quicker you could potentially get critical treatment that may reduce disability and death from stroke. The Brain and Spine Center at Kingwood Medical Center is accredited by DNV as a comprehensive stroke center and is recipient of the American Stroke Association's 2017 Get With The Guidelines Stroke Gold Plus Target Stroke Honor Roll Elite Award. Learn to recognize stroke symptoms fast and get help immediately at the first sign of a stroke. The FAST are F-A-S-T acronym for face, face drooping, arm, arm weakness, speech, speech difficulty and time. It's time to call 911. Above all else, Kingwood Medical Center is committed to the care and improvement of human life. In recognition of this commitment, they will strive to deliver high quality cost-effective health care in the communities they serve. Kingwood Medical Center can be contacted at 281-348-8000. For more information, visit kingwoodmedical.com. Kingwood Medical Center is located at 22999 Highway 59 North, Kingwood, Texas, 77339.
And we are back at Lone Star Community Radio out of downtown Conroe. I'm Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News. And today I am speaking with Maria Jordan and Denise Pola of Conroe ISD. And then we will hear from Kristen Bays and Will Metcalf. So, uh, ladies, we are continuing the conversation about how Conroe ISD is uh, coordinating efforts with several other school districts districts, including Conroe, to help families and victims of Harvey. Yes, and it's been not just our immediate area, but from all across the nation, people have wanted to adopt schools and adopt families and send pallets and pallets, semis that we've been able to unload here in the district, send our neighbors and um, beyond. And so it's really been, I think Texas has served as a, a prime example for the nation about what it's like to be a Texan and a band together in times Isn't of that amazing? Need. It Doesn't is amazing. it kind of give you chills? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I have a, a friend who was my roommate in college where I went to school in California, and she is a principal out in Seattle. And she immediately said, okay, my kids want to know what they can do, and I need to know the neediest school in Conroe ISD. And so um, I, I talked to Melanie Bush, and she uh, connected me with the San Jacinto Elementary mm-hmm. principal. So yes. they're doing something for them. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all over. I think, and, you know, and I'm just so proud of our young uh, kids out there that have stepped up to volunteer. Even, I mean, I've walked into communities where their own homes have been destroyed, and yet they're out there coordinating the distribution of goods. They're out there day and night. Um, and so it's just been a wonderful thing to, to watch. Um, but I also wanted to talk a little bit about the process of recovery because one of the one of the things we identified uh, when we came together on our committee to discuss the recovery process was how, like you said, the the initial phase of getting all the basic needs met is going to pass and people will leave. So n- then what? And uh, what we realized is the school district really plays a major, major role in becoming a lifeline because they're going to be there. They're going to be there. They're going to identify issues that we may not see up front, but that Mm -hmm. are going to come up later with Mm -hmm. these families. Um, And so the phases of of the uh, recovery stage, you know, goes from that heroic phase to that honeymoon stage of everybody's jumping in. And then you get disillusioned because promises are broken or help is delayed. Uh, And then people have to kind of try to figure out how to recover and, and reconstruct their lives uh, and they feel alone. And that's where these long-term process, uh, partners are very, very key. Um, and so uh, stabilizing the situation has been our focus for, and I can't believe it's already been a month. Can you believe that? I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> well, it's kind of like what happened before the storm yeah. and what happened after. Yeah, I don't before know. Before the storm, I, we don't even remember. I don't yeah. remember anything. Because, yeah. you know, everything is after the storm. So how do families uh, connect with you guys to get assistance? Well, one thing that we do in the schools is, and there are 129 counselors that serve our 61,000 students. Wow, and so I didn't know that. <laughs> one thing we do is look for changes in behavior. So we have, you know, had some in-service with the principals and the staff and the teachers to what to look for and to keep an eye on the kids. And we look for all of those changes in behavior like withdrawal or angry outbursts or any type of aggression, any kind of physical complaints, because sometimes it's uh, somatic, you know, complaints, but also some of their living conditions are such that they're starting to have some health issues. That's something Maria worked with. Um, We had a meeting in one of our communities on a Sunday evening and brought in some, a doctor from Lone Star Family Health and uh, other resources as well for that family, the legal aid and FEMA, uh, in order to talk to those immediate needs in that community of the the way they were living and how it was impacting their children. 
Yes, and those collaborations are key. I mean, that's another element of the work that we do is is trying to build collaborations. Um, sure. Because not one person, and it has to be a collaboration between government, nonprofit, um, uh, volunteers, and the residents themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's an ongoing process. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we uh, I definitely have uh, posted a lot of the resources that I'm tapped into on my Facebook page. Um, so people can look that Your up. Your personal page or the my Texas, Texas Family Familias Council page, and okay. so and I try to get that information. And I know that the Montgomery County uh, Office of Emergency Management, and they have that in Spanish as well. Our immigrant population, our elderly, our disabled, our very vulnerable communities. So we want to make sure that information is getting to all our families in Montgomery County, and that's very important to us. Um, so you know, I, I I hope to continue working with our leaders in the county, uh, and you know, continue to learn from what went well and what didn't go so well and uh and how we can strengthen those collaborations so that mm-hmm. we uh we know we know what to do next time so even we're ready. better yeah we're ready. absolutely yeah. right and counselors are working within cisd on building skills in developing grit and resiliency and this will propel our students to be successful not only during this time of a natural disaster but throughout their lives and so we have curriculum we work with them and and help build their strength Um, Also on the CISD website, under Departments and Guidance and Counseling, there's a Harvey uh, relief button, so to speak, on that website with tons of resources that's updated as the state gives us information. So that's CISD.net. Yes. And then go under... um, Departments and then Guidance and Counseling. Perfect. Okay, ladies, we need to end our session here so we can get ready for the next guest. But this information will be posted on the podcast, and they can go to uh, the CISD.net or you can go to Facebook page, Texas Familias Council. Yes, and Correct. I also wanted to uh, so, remind October 25th, our consortium will be meeting at uh, Lone Star uh, College, and we will be doing a Beyond the Storm presentation for community leaders and resources. Okay. And this segment is sponsored by Kingwood Medical Center, where you need to go if you're having a stroke. Call 911. I'm Margie Taylor with Conroe Culture News. We'll be right back. When it comes to stroke, time is critical. The quicker you get to a hospital, the quicker you could potentially get critical treatment that may reduce disability and death from stroke. The Brain and Spine Center at Kingwood Medical Center is accredited by DNV as a comprehensive stroke center and is recipient of the American Stroke Association's 2017 Get With the Guidelines Stroke Old Plus Target Stroke Honor Roll Elite Award. Learn to recognize stroke symptoms fast and get help immediately at the first sign of a stroke. The FASTER, F-A-S-T acronym for face, face drooping, arm, arm weakness, speech, speech difficulty and time. It's time to call 911. Above all else, Kingwood Medical Center is committed to the care and improvement of human life. In recognition of this commitment, they will strive to deliver high quality, cost-effective health care in the communities they serve. Kingwood Medical Center can be contacted at 281-348-8000. For more information, visit kingwoodmedical.com. Kingwood Medical Center is located at 22999 Highway 59 North, Kingwood, Texas, 77339. And 
And we are back on this Monday, September 25th at Lone Star Community Radio out of downtown Conroe. I'm Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News and Taylorized PR. We are on to our second guest here. And you think I talk fast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You should hear this. Miss Kristen Bays gets so much in a one-minute commercial. Uh, Kristen <laughs> Bays is the next guest. And uh, she has her own uh, law office, but she has other exciting news. So welcome, Kristen. Thank you, Margie. I'm so glad to be here today. I love being on the radio. This is very exciting. It's a fun energy. <laughs> it is. It really is. So how was your weekend? My weekend was good. It was uh, busy, of course. I went to the East Montgomery County Fair and spent oh, the day out okay. there on Saturday and did a lot of getting ready for the next week of campaigning. Um, everybody asks me, you know, Kristen, what do you have on your calendar? And my answer is, I don't know, five million things. I mean, I'm doing That's like right. two or three events a day because I am running for judge of the 284th District Court. And that's exciting, as I'm sure Will could attest to. Our next guest is when you are in an office, running for an office, whatever, it's just a busy time. Oh, and then you have a job you're doing, too. Oh, yes, so that it's too. just, yeah, it's all that. So uh, how long have you been an attorney? I have been an attorney for 24 years, which is a long time. And so makes since me you were old. 10 or 12. Let's go with that. I okay. think that's, that's a good awesome. answer. Well, I think that's wonderful. Now, um, you, you ran a race last time and you came in very close. Yes, I came in second. I made it to the runoff and that's that okay. Came in that's second. okay. And now you know how to play the game, right? I do. I do all too well, which is why it's three or four events every day. Lots of phone calls, Facebook. What do you think is the most important thing when you're out there doing that? It's really essential that you get in touch with the voters. I mean, I heard Ms. Grassroots. Jordan talking about how our county is growing. It really is. We've grown by about 100,000 people in the last six years. I mean, it's just. It's crazy. Conroe is the fastest growing city in the United States. That's why we're broadcasting yeah. out of downtown Conroe. There you go. But it's lots and lots of people. And so it's sure. a matter of going from one end of the county to the other and meeting the people. And I think that's the most important thing. Is face letting, to face. Yes. Getting to know them, letting them get to know me, what I stand for, my values. Absolutely. So You know, it's the relationships. It is. As it is in everything we do, it's the relationships and the trust factor and letting them see what what your principles and morals are, right. where you stand on issues. So tell me about the 284th court. That court is specialized by agreement of our judges to be the civil district court. Um, interestingly, it is, it's the only one that does only civil cases. Uh, there was a measured case study that was done by our office of court administration. And based upon these population increases, we need four civil judges in Montgomery County. We have one plus two halves. So Claudia Laird takes a docket of probate and civil and Jennifer Robin takes a docket of family and civil. So we need this court to stay civil. And I, I point that out because that's what the needs of the county are. I mean, Harvey has come through and there's undoubtedly going to be lots of civil lawsuits. Those are just cases where people are suing each other. Right. Um, in fact, I got a phone call from someone just last week, the first one I've gotten related to having Harvey issues. So hmm. it, it seems pretty clear that that court needs to buckle down, stay civil. But that court does have sort of a, a criminal support role. And I think it's important to maintain that. So the judge of that court is also going to be responsible for doing things like signing warrants and sitting on jail dockets and handling work as a magistrate. 
And so I, I want that court to, the judge of that court to be available to do those things. And that's what I plan to do. So also that court has the jurisdiction to hear family cases and criminal cases. So as the needs of our county change, as the needs of the judges change, uh, that court is open to doing those things. Whatever needs to be done. Exactly. So what's the backlog like at this point for it, civil cases? It's pretty huge. It really is because, like I said, uh, the 284th is the only court that's handling exclusively civil cases, and it's taking two, three, sometimes three and a half years to get a case wow. from start to finish. That's, that's a long time. That's a long time. It's stressful for people. People forget. They do. <laughs> they do. Your witnesses move far away and... Or it, something else. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's it's difficult it's to have that long of a wait. Plus our local rules say that we should be hearing cases that are tried in front of a jury within 18 months of their filing. So this one's going to need some work to catch up and it's just going to take buckling down, putting the nose to the grindstone and working those cases. So why do you want this extra stress? <laughs> <laughs> why, why do you think that that would be something you want to do? Well, because to me, it's really not extra stress. Okay. That's something that I've always wanted to do since I was in law school. I mean, people in law school making fun of me, of course, would call me Judge Kristen. But what they saw is what I saw, that this is really a natural ending point for my career. This What judges do is what I really enjoy most about doing as a lawyer. So it doesn't feel like a extra stress. It feels like a, a new challenge, an exciting right. and challenge. And challenges are exciting because yeah. then they stimulate you. Yeah. And if you're not being challenged all the time, you're stagnant. That's right. So you're I'd... constantly having to improve yourself yeah. and educate yourself and just go the extra mile. So true. And that's what I'm ready to do. That's what I want to do for this court. That's what I want to do for this community. So why are you the most qualified person? Well, with 24 years of experience <laughs> practicing since I was 10, Right. <laughs> um, what my experience has really been focused on is is civil litigation. So I I know the rules of procedure. I know the the substance of the laws that Will Metcalf and his friends in Austin pass for us. I I'm well familiar with those things. And given the backlog of that court, and given the growth of our county and the needs of our county, this this is an amateur hour. I mean, it's important for somebody with some real experience with the type of case that the court handles. To get in there and to do the job. And that's what I've got. That's what I can offer. Well, you had a uh, fundraiser that was, uh, has been postponed. Yes. It was kind of in the aftermath of the whole Hurricane Harvey thing. And of course, you know, you don't want to do that. It wasn't a good time to right. have a party. It just seemed very inappropriate. So I canceled it. So you're having another one. I am. It's now rescheduled for October 17th at 530. It's going to be at the Red Brick Tavern in downtown Conroe. Of downtown right Conroe, of course. You got it. I know. This is the place to be. This is the place to be. Of course, be. Uh, Will has now moved out of downtown Conroe. But mm. hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> got to do what you got to do. <laughs> so, but... Uh, Anyway, so that's October 17th, and that's after the Catfish Festival. So that's how people can remember after the 13th, 14th, 15th of the Catfish Festival. Then you have Tuesday the 17th, yes, right? that's right. There you go. What a good day. Yes. Yeah, because there's day. nothing really exciting that happens on Tuesday. So you might as well go out and might as well. make it a <laughs> wonderful Tuesday that night. <laughs> so you're also part of the Liberty Bells, yes. correct? Tell me about that. Well, Liberty Bells Republican Women is the newest Republican women group in our county of many Republican women groups. And it's really the brainchild of Judge Claudia Laird. But what we saw was, was we have a need to reach some of these new people in our community. 
to expand the Republican Party and involvement with the Republican Party to build it even stronger than it already is. And in particular, we needed a place that was close to downtown Conroe because oh, so oh. many. <laughs> there we go. It's just a recurrent theme, isn't I know, it? I know. But this is a place where a lot of women work and live. Right. And, you know, there, there are other Republican women groups on other edges of the county, and they're great groups. They're wonderful groups. But geographically, it's difficult to go to a lunch where you have a one-hour lunch break in the middle of the day, but a 30-minute, 45-minute drive to get there and to get back. And where do so, they meet? Panorama Village. We're at the golf club at Panorama Village. We meet at, um, we, we alternate months also to make it more available and accessible to women who work. So in even numbered months, we meet at lunchtime. We start at 1130 and we are guaranteed to be done by one. The program begins at noon. So it's truly a noon to one thing. Mm -hmm. In odd numbered months, we meet at 530. And so it's unique. Yes. Yes. We, we want the Republican party to be accessible to anyone who wants to to come. So Liberty Bells has really made that the mission. And we've been quite successful. We have about 120 members right now, and we've only been around one year. Well, and I did attend the last luncheon, and it was nice. I really enjoyed it. It is. I I knew probably at least 50% of the people that were there, but then there were a lot of new people that I didn't know. So that was kind of fun. Right. So, uh, and everybody was just very easy to get to know, Mm -hmm. very approachable. So that's the goal. Anyway, so uh, what else would you like to tell us? Oh, where can they find you? Oh, my gosh. The list is long and involved. (laughs) So um, by telephone, 936-760-7670. By email, info at... Oh, what is it? Wait a minute. Sorry. Bays for Judge. Thank you. Thank you, Margie, for coaching me through (laughs) my own email address. Info (laughs) at Bays for Judge. And it's F-O-R, not the number four, dot org. Um, I've got a Facebook page, which is Kristen Bays for Judge. I've got a Twitter account, which is Kristen Bays. I've got uh, a YouTube account, which you is Instagram. Ba- I have Instagram. Basically, if you Google Kristen Bays and Judge, the entire litany of ways to reach me will pop right up. And I encourage people to reach out to me because, like I said, the most important part of campaigning is meeting the voters, learning what your needs and your concerns are, and making sure that I can fulfill them for you. So reach out to me. Um, You're accessible. Is, I'm You're very accessible. accessible. Yes. It's so, a public service. So tell me about your video thing you've been doing. Oh, I love doing that. That is so much fun. So I'm doing that with Sean Thompson, who has a show. I love Sean. Oh, he's got a show right here in downtown Conroe, that recurrent theme. There you go. Um, <laughs> he's been filming videos for me. And what I'm trying to do is to use that as a way to sort of reach out and educate people. Because one thing that I heard very frequently on the campaign trail is, you know, we start at the top of the ballot, president, governor, state rep, county commissioner. We, we got that. That's easy. And then we get down to the bottom and there's all these courts and we don't really know what they are. We don't know what they do. We don't know who these people are. Ah, so I thought, well, this would be a good opportunity for me to do little segment video segments related to the questions that people have about those races. So we've, we've done some segments related to what a judge does. We've talked about what the types of cases are. We've talked about how to basically learn about the candidates. Oh, wait, I got ahead of myself. If you'll tune in on Wednesday, that's the topic on Wednesday. So we left it with a okay. cliffhanger last Wednesday. But on Wednesday well, of this week, it'll be... How do you learn more about the courts and the candidates to be able to make an educated vote? Well, good. So, and I can share that too, and I will. I hope you will. Now, 
you did a special episode on Friday. I did. And it was, I believe, about how attorneys are appointed by the courts. Yes. Correct? Yes. You did listen. You did. I'm (laughs) impressed. But I have, it's the segment, the series is called What You Want to Know Wednesdays. Okay. Like cute two W's. And so we did one on Friday. So that was our special edition of What You Want to Know Wednesday. Kind of like Monday on Night Friday. Football on Thursday, right? Exactly. Same, same thing. thing. <laughs> and we won't even talk about the NFL here on this program. No, 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 no. Let's just, let's, let's <laughs> We're avoid just gonna bypass that it. topic today. <laughs> but yeah, the, the topic on Friday related to court appointments, that was a question that I got from Anel Simcoe. Yeah. And she really wanted to know sort of what the process is about appointing and the costs to the taxpayers. So it was kind of a fun question to answer in particular because there has been a recent change at the courthouse to how those appointments happen, which is designed to reduce the cost to the taxpayers. So we'll have to kind of watch it and see how things go with that. But I, I wanted the, the voters to know that the county is is paying attention, the courts are paying attention, and they're working for the benefits of the taxpayers. So, Well, I really like the way you're trying to inform people as the expert because that's the right thing to do. That's what people should do. It's a great concept. The videos are uh, king right now. Of course, I like Sean. He did my video too. Oh, I know. He's a good guy. <laughs> anyway, so things to remember. Uh, you can go to baseforjudge.org and find out how to connect, phone numbers, emails, all of that. She has Instagram. She has Twitter. She has the, the video on Facebook that you need to watch for every Wednesday, but it could be Friday and it could be another day. So you just need to pay attention (laughs) and get those notifications. And uh, she is running for the 284th court and her fundraiser will be October 17th, which is a Tuesday at Red Brick Tavern in downtown downtown Conroe. Conroe. So anything else you want to say? Well, if you can give me a minute, you gave him a teaser at the beginning of how fast I talked. You got a minute. All right. So you want a one minute? I want a one minute deal. My name is Kristen Bays. I'm running for judge of the 284th District Court. Oh my gosh, it's starting awfully early, isn't it? Thank many of you. Not at all. Thanks me. We had a year and a half of a presidential election. This is just six months in advance of the Republican primary, which is on March 6th of 2018, where I'm going to ask you to go way down deep in your ballot, find the race for the 284th and vote for Kristen Bays. So why should you? Well, we have 12 courts in the main courthouse in downtown Conroe, only three of which handle civil cases. Of those three, only one handles exclusively civil cases, and that's the 284th. What's the civil case? That's when people are suing each other. So of those three, we only have one that handles civil cases exclusively, and it specializes in civil litigation. I've specialized in civil litigation for the last 24 years as an attorney. So it's my hope that when you go to the ballot and on the Republican primary that you will remember me and you will vote for Kristen Bays. All right. Ta-da. There you go. Thanks, Kristen. I appreciate it. Margie, thank you so much. This was fun. Yes, it was. Okay. I'll see you around the neighborhood or downtown Conroe. In downtown Conroe. (laughs) (laughs) Smargie Taylor will be right back. When it comes to stroke, time is critical. The quicker you get to a hospital, the quicker you could potentially get critical treatment that may reduce disability and death from stroke. The Brain and Spine Center at Kingwood Medical Center is accredited by DNV as a comprehensive stroke center and is recipient of the American Stroke Association's 2017 Get With The Guidelines Stroke Gold Plus Target Stroke Honor Roll Elite Award. Learn to recognize stroke symptoms fast and get help immediately at the first sign of a stroke. The FASTER, F-A-S-T acronym for face, face drooping, arm, arm weakness, speech, 
speech difficulty and time. It's time to call 911. Above all else, Kingwood Medical Center is committed to the care and improvement of human life. In recognition of this commitment, they will strive to deliver high-quality, cost-effective health care in the communities they serve. Kingwood Medical Center can be contacted at 281-348-8000. For more information, visit kingwoodmedical.com. Kingwood Medical Center is located at 22999 Highway 59 North, Kingwood, Texas, 77339. in downtown Conroe at Lone Star Community Radio. I'm Margie Taylor, your host for Conroe Culture News, Taylor ISBR. And we are wrapping it up today on this Monday, September 25th with Will Metcalf, the one and only. <laughs> hey, Thank Will. you for having me today. <laughs> How are you? You're doing great. Good. I'm good. I'm good. good. I'm glad everybody showed up. That always stresses me to make sure people are going to show up because then what am I going to do? I understand. <laughs> I guess I, I keep... You know, then she's got to talk longer. to me. I, and then I got to talk to Jake. <laughs> and thank you, Jake, for helping out. So, uh, Will Metcalf is our state representative in this area. So, and you have been our state representative for two years? Well, for two sessions. Two sessions. Yes. Yeah, so, the 84th session, 85th session. Actually, was sworn in November of the 83rd session, but was not able to participate in the legislative duties of the 83rd because of being sworn in late. But you have been very busy. Very busy. 84th and 85th sessions, both very busy and uh, very proud of some of the work we did this past session. I mean, you can go to your website and see all the different bills, and it's like very consuming. So I don't know how you get all that done. So uh, there's several that you wanted to talk about. What do you want to lead with? Well, one that's very close to me uh, that I spent a awful lot of work on is reforming the Lone Star Groundwater Conservation District Board of Directors. Um, I'm sure you've been keeping up keeping up with it on the radio and the newspaper, and uh, this was something that I felt that needed to change in the way that the boards were selected. Uh, before this legislation passed, which is House Bill 1982, what I authored in the House, uh, you had nine different positions on the Lone Star Groundwater Conservation District Board that were being selected by different members throughout our community. Nobody was held accountable to the nearly 500,000 residents here in Montgomery County. So I'm big on transparency. I'm big on accountability. And this board is making rules and regulations, collecting fees for for water usage. And I believe that we need to have these members held accountable Uh, to the voters of Montgomery County. So that's exactly what we did with House Bill 1982. What this does is uh, the original version, which I filed, uh, made it an elected position, five board members, meaning one from every county commissioner precinct line, then one county at large position. And then in the Senate, I worked with Senator Brandon Creighton, and uh, he wanted a seat for the city of Conroe to have a position as well, being elected by the members of City of Conroe and the members of the Woodlands Township, whoever lives in the Woodlands Township, the two largest groundwater right. users in Montgomery sure. County, basically. So uh, that's what we agreed on. And 
Starting November 2018, the citizens of Montgomery County will be able to vote for these board members, which I think is a huge success. No, that is very good. And and water is a main concern in this area yes. anyway. I mean, not the not from the Harvey end of it, of right. too much water, but uh, just all about what's going on with the water. And you've been working on that too, right? Yes, it's, it's, this is, House Bill 1982 has just been, it's a great, great thing that's going to happen to our community. And now every voice in Montgomery County voters will have a say-so uh, who gets to serve on that board. So I'm well, that's, really that's looking wonderful. forward to that. And I like the accountability and the yes, transparency. Most definitely. So, so a couple other things that you worked on, and I did not realize this, is about pharmaceutical trucks. Yes. Tell me about that. So before Hurricane Harvey hit, I used to talk about during Ike. And so, right. but now that uh, we have Harvey fresh on our minds, and it was such a huge disaster for Southeast Texas, mm-hmm. all the way from Rockport on to Beaumont, Texas. And, um, you know, in these natural disasters, when they occur, you know, you have... When a governor declares a natural disaster, you've got roadways that are shut down and pharmaceutical needs are cannot get supplied to the pharmacies or the hospitals and to people who are desperately in needing of that care. I bet nobody even thought about that. Right, exactly. So, like I said, I used to have the example of Ike before Hurricane Harvey hit, but now that we had Harvey, I'll talk about that because, you know, there were instances where roadways were shut off. And rightfully so, they needed to be for safety measures. Mm-hmm. But or also, they were flooded. Exactly, you can't get across them. <laughs> right. And so this allows the pharmaceutical uh, trucks to be able to deliver those needed medical supplies to pharmacies and hospitals so that our cost isn't that much higher mm-hmm. that we're already suffering in this natural disaster. So how are they going to get through? Fly them in? Well, they have this, they have uh, paperwork from the governor's office that basically says it's okay to cross this roadway. And, um, you know, it, it was a very good success. Um, I remember during Harvey, whenever it shut, shut down roadways, and actually I was at McData States off 2854. That was, of course, being evacuated, right. some of those homes. And I was on the roadway just seeing what I could do to help out. This was, I think it was on that Monday. You know, mm-hmm. Harvey hit on Saturday and mm-hmm. we had Sunday. I think it was on Everybody Monday. went out like Monday, exactly. Tuesday, right. And then I was on the roadway just talking to citizens and friends, and there was an elderly couple who forgot their medication oh, no. at their home. Yeah. And they had already been evacuated. They can't get back in there to get the medication. To make a really long story short, we tried to go around to the West Fork subdivision, tried to cross through the woods, but it was just, we couldn't do that. It, it was... Uh, Did you have to use a boat? We we could we were not able to do that, but wow. uh, make a long story short, was able to contact some uh, pharmaceutical mm-hmm. uh, uh, pharmacies to help this elderly couple out. And make a long story Get short, I, I think they uh, ended up okay. But you don't realize, like Maria was saying here about the Harvey and all that, you don't realize what people are gonna go through until yeah. you've experienced it. I mean, it doesn't even come to mind, right. really, oh, it's, a, until that happens. So terrible. Um, so what have what have you done with this bill? Well, so it, it was great. This bill was enacted, of course, September 1st. Then we had Hurricane Harvey hit, and so we were prepared for <laughs> so this, that's good. this situation. It all worked. Yes. Okay, yes. timing. I know, I know. <laughs> That's a win. Hey, yeah, yeah. So that that's cool. So um, you have several other things. Oh, here's a hot topic. 
Let's talk about this property appraisal protest yeah. by phone. No, that's perfect. That is, yeah, that's a well, hot item. I, I, along with many other people, think mm-hmm. that property taxes is uh, one of the number one issues we can talk about. You know, here in Montgomery County, they're skyrocketing. Every one of us who is a property owner or even a tenant see the effects of skyrocketing appraisals. Sure. And this is something that we'll continue to work on is I filed uh, bills during the special session making the appraisal review board an elected position instead of appointed. I filed a bill making uh, the appraisal review board members elected position and also the chief appraiser making it an elected position. That's nice. And we'll, this is, this is <laughs> right? exactly what I did with House Bill 1982. Yeah, right, I would exactly. like to see this done at our mm-hmm. appraisal hearings as mm-hmm. well in our whole appraisal system. So we'll continue on this, but however, House Bill 455, what passed during the regular session, uh, basically January through May is what mm-hmm. we call the regular session or during the 85th, is uh, before this bill passed into law, you would have to, if you wanted to protest your appraisals, you would have to go up to the appraisal review board hearing in person or submit a written affidavit. It's trying, a process. It is a process. So those were your two choices. Submit this affidavit or go up there in person and to present your case, your side of the story. Well, not all the time we can take off of work to go to the ARB hearings. We may have family members that we have to care for. And then on the written affidavit, sometimes that doesn't always correctly describe your specific situation. So what we did with House Bill 455, it also says that you can, another option is calling into those ARB And that saves a lot of time. It does. Oh, my goodness. Do that from your home. Right. Do it from your office, you know, if your boss allows you to. And so it just, it's another avenue to... uh, help protect our taxpayers. And appraisals, a property appraisals is such a, a big topic right now. And of it course, is. now um, commissioner's court tomorrow, they're going to talk about uh, property values and those areas that were hit by Harvey. Uh, you know, are they going to be reappraised? And I'm not asking you to even comment on that. But well, I, I think mean, they should be reappraised. Well, I mean, they, they should be. I mean, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're damaged home. Right. And, and some of them, over 500 homes out in uh, River Plantation. Yeah. That's crazy. You're yeah. not going to say it's worth the same value when there's not even really anything exactly. there. No, they, crazy. They definitely should so. be reappraised. And uh, House Bill 455, I think it's a, it's a, it's a base hit, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm excited that this pass. It gives the property owner an extra feather in their cap to present their side of the story. Right. So, uh, like I said. They have a voice. Exactly. So, next session, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm uh, fortunate enough to uh, serve again in, during the 86th session, I'll continue to push for appraisal uh, reform. And this is just, this is a huge issue that we have to solve. We've got to, we've got to get in control of this because we're taxing people out of their homes. And that's just not okay. No, it's not okay. They they are going skyrocketed, you know, um, and it's it's challenging. So before we forget, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you if they have an issue that you they would like yes. you to address? Well, I have an open door policy, and I love visiting with constituents and friends and neighbors. Just you know, I'm available most of the time, and so I have an open door policy. Email's always good, phone call, and I also, you know, love to sit down with people and visit with them and 
eye to eye and just hear their is concerns. Is your office over then at the Spirit it's, of Texas Bank now? No, it's not at the bank. It is at, uh, it's off Spirit of Texas Way, which is a building uh, close by the bank. Okay. And so uh, we, we moved offices there, had to get some updated technology. And mm-hmm. uh, so uh, it's, we have an open door policy. My email. Yes. You've got my card yes. right there. Yep. Will.Metcalf at house. Dot state. Dot state. Dot text. Dot us. I know that's not it. Okay, house. Dot texas. Dot gov. There you go. Okay, we're going to get go. it straight here. We are. But uh, so I wanted to make sure that that was part of this. What right. is that? What is the bill that you're most excited about? Is it one we've already talked about? Ooh, we only a, have a couple minutes, so I want you to get that in there. Okay, so I'm excited about a lot of bills. Uh, I know. I can tell. You're just passionate. I love. <laughs> You love what you do. I, I love this job. I can get up every morning looking forward to going into work. Uh, actually, never off work because I have this phone with me. I get me. that. I and understand. So, uh, but I, I love it. It's an honor and a privilege to do this. And I thank the citizens for allowing me to represent them in our state capitol. But just a few things to rattle off real quick. SB4 Sanctuary Cities, huge success. Uh, that was the first bill that I filed, uh, House Bill 52, during the regular session, making sanctuary cities illegal here in the state of Texas. Senate Bill 500, making if an elected official uh, got a felony, they would then lose their retirement benefits. Before hmm. this law, before this bill was a law, uh, they would still be able to collect their retirement benefits. Crap, so yeah. I just can't even imagine that that was an oversight, but it was. Hmm. And so this was fixed during this past session. And then um, the Veterans Park here in downtown Conroe, for example, uh, we passed Senate Current Resolution Number 51. And uh, I remember during the interim, uh, Jimmy Edwards, who is a local war hero, former county judge, former state mm-hmm. rep, he's taken the lead on this. I'm sure you've talked to him about this. I would suggest having him on your show at some point. But he came up to me uh, during the interim, said he called me on my cell phone. He goes, Will, you at your office? I said, yeah. I said, yes, come on in. So he comes in. He goes, I spent the past two weeks in downtown Conroe asking people who are walking in downtown Conroe if they knew where the Veterans War Memorial Park was. He said, well, only a handful of people do, and it's right there, and they're, they're walking past it every day. And so uh, he got the energy and the thought to move the park to a different location to where it's vis- visible, uh, more visible and uh, more people can access it better. And so he's taking that, and he's visited the various VFW halls. And where is that? I, I do not think he has the location. Oh, okay. Yet. So I'm like, is that a surprise? Uh, or I, I, he, I think he has an idea <laughs> okay. where. Okay. And um, I just don't want to reveal okay, that. Okay, I understand. That's his. I understand. That's his deal. That's right. <laughs> and, and our veterans, they are behind this. Good. And so what we did, we passed uh, Senate Concurrent Resolution Number 51 that basically says uh, any state agency that uh, can help this organization. So if it's on a text dot right away, for example. Mm-hmm. TxDOT needs to do whatever they can to help this become a success. Same with the Texas Veterans Commission, helping them in that process as well. So uh, I can tell you're excited I'm about excited. this. I'm excited. I mean, you, you I just am. like get all it's, glowing I love and the job. all that jazz. So we have to wrap this up okay. now, or we could talk for, for another 30 me. minutes, but Jake <laughs> is telling us, uh, no, the cut it off. off. Right? That's what he's doing. He's just going to turn me off. Well, thank so, you for having um, me today. It's our representative here, Will Metcalf. We've had some wonderful guests here today, and we will have a podcast of this show sometime tomorrow that I will share and you guys can use. And it will be a video on YouTube, Conroe 
Agriculture News. I'm Margie Taylor. And uh, just remember that if you're feeling like a stroke, call 911. This show is sponsored by Kingwood Medical Center. So until next time, y'all be safe. Have a great Monday. And uh, watch us on Conroe News. Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respected video or podcast formats on YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any questions regarding the show, either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host, contact the station manager at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936 647-3776. This show was recorded in downtown Conroe, Texas at the Lone Star Community Radio Studio. And Lone Star Community Radio reserves all rights to this recording and images.